Hey everyone, hi, hello, welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. I'm sitting here with someone that I'm very excited to have back on the podcast. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been... The last time I did your podcast, it was in it was in Corolla Studio. It was probably like 2000, it's like at least three or four years. It's gotta be, yeah. You were one of the first people, you know that my daughters still have the Allison Rosen's New Best, Use Your New Best Friend sticker on their bed? I love that. It's Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer, everybody. The machine! Welcome, Burt Kreischer. New Netflix special, yes. Secret Time, hilarious. Thank you so Hosts much. Hosts the Burtcast podcast, hilarious. Yes. Hosts Something's Burning, which is a cooking show, yes. hilarious. Thank you. Author of Life of the Party. Yes, there we go. I feel like I've, I feel like I've worked my whole life to get a career, and now I'm there, and I'm like, I just want to cruise. I just wish <laughs> I wish you could go back to the days of the '80s where you did one thing, and then you just made the living being like that guy. You showed up to football games, right. and you're like. Hey, everybody, it's Burt Reynolds. <laughs> and now you have to be a multi-hyphenate who's always hustling. Always hustling. I feel like I have more jobs that don't pay me directly. Uh, like I do, a, I do a solo podcast called uh, Open Tabs where I leave all the tabs open from when I'm on the road and uh, like on Safari browser. Uh-huh. And then I on Wednesdays, I got to do one today. I go through and I close the, the open tabs and I tell you what I learned. I, I share all the things I learned. I do do that one for free still because I I still believe in free content. Like we all do have ad sales, which is totally fine. But and I don't mind that. But I still like creating content and putting content out there. Something's burning totally free. I did a shoot for that Monday, and then I go on the road this weekend. But it's I think all that feeds the road work. I think people Mm -hmm. are appreciative when they get free content. You know, I think it's nice for them to get in their car and go, shit, like. This this guy's got uh, an MMA uh, MMA fighter that I love. They're going to hang out and do an interview for an hour and a half, two hours for me for free. Right? Thank you. So right. I believe in that. And you also <laughs> do video casts of your I podcast, do. which I, when I move, I'm hoping to get that up and running. I believe. I believe this is. By the way, this is Rogan's theory. I I've, I subscribe to everything he started with, and mm-hmm. that was. Put your podcast as many, as many, in as many places as possible for as many people to find it. Because mm-hmm. you never know how they're going to find smart. it. And I, I really, honestly, I end up going on YouTube more often than not to check out things. Like video clips. Chris D'Elia is in my rotation for what I listen to because of his video content. He puts video content out on Instagram and I just go, oh, I got to check that out. Now I listen to him all the time. I believe it's putting it out as many places and if people want to rip my content and share it and they want to get views on their channel, that's fine. There's a guy, Lieutenant's Loft, who always rips whatever he finds funny in my solo podcast and posts it. He has one that's got 750,000 views. That's great. He gets ad sales Mm -hmm. from that. I'm not going to begrudge him the $2,000 he made off of me. That's not my fight to what I'm grateful for. Is he just introduced my shit to two seven hundred fifty thousand people right, that exposure. were not going to find me? Yeah, yeah. I gotta. I'm not on YouTube. My podcast is on YouTube, in the sense that other people have put it on YouTube. Um, not video. You got to do audio. Was, here's the but other thing: I haven't done it. You get put, you get held to a different standard. Women, I'm I'm very sensitive to. Oh yeah, um, people are awful. Yeah, I don't like it, and I and you know, 
what's weird is I'm a bro. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a legit bro. I don't like... Yeah, you went to Florida. Florida, Florida State. State. Yeah, I just got recognized number one street. Number one party at the number one party school. Rolling Stone did a six and a half page article. Bro, anal chugs, keg stands. I'm a fucking Wait, you bro. boofed? No. <laughs> Isn't that, no, is no, that no. what boofing is? No, boofing, I think, is anal sex. Anal okay. chugs were when you did, as a guy, this is going to creep a lot of people out. That's if you okay. want, skip forward a minute 30. <laughs> I love that you know exactly how long this story is. As a guy in a fraternity, you and your your brother, you you picked a brother in your pledge class, and then you took off all your clothes. And then Wait, is it okay with you if I video you telling this story? Yeah, of course. Speaking of yeah, video, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, please do it in landscape mode. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Jesus. I know. I know. What are you, my wife? <laughs> you ready? Uh, okay. Here anal, we go. Anal chugs. An anal chug was done in our fraternity. It's when you and your brother, your, your closest pledge brother, would get totally naked. Usually did them on Saturdays before game days. Get totally naked and you do a handstand against the wall. Junk facing the wall. Your brother with a beer and a cup. Usually like a solo cup. He would then pour the beer into your anus. It would drip down the small of your back into the cup. He would hold it. Put it off to the side. Then you would do the same to him into the cup. Then you'd interlock arms and you'd pound your anal chug together to prove brotherhood. Mm. Did it ever have like a certain tang to it? Oh, I probably had hep C. (laughs) In hindsight, I I was like, I wish I had never fucking done this. But you know, you get caught up in the moment. Someone's like, come on, anal chug, anal chug. And you're like, no, no, fuck it. Let's do it. Does any of it go in your butthole? Oh, it's poured into your butthole. It's poured into your bare butthole and then Onto the small of the back. Your son will do it. Elliot will do it one oh, day. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really hope so. I mean, if he's a man. So, like, are you ingesting some of it through your butt? No, 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 no. It's just poured. It's it's poured cascaded off right. your butthole I into see. the small of your back into the right. cup. Sort of like that thing that I've never seen in real life, but where you make a pyramid of champagne glasses. Yeah, Like right. the top one is your butt. Like when they do that in uh, in uh, murder mystery, uh, when the when the... The hero's coming in and they're like, right. and you see yes. it pouring down. Great Gatsby style. <laughs> exactly. Great Gatsby anus, anal chug. So you, I think Fitzgerald invented the anal chug. I think so. So you were saying that you're a bro and that was yeah. your bro, uh, is it bona fides or bona fides? Because I've always said it's bona fides, but I've been hearing bona fides lately. I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay, great. That's your bro cred. For real? The fact that you did anal chugs, I think I, you I don't were, know what bona fides. Oh, bona, bona fides is like your your <clears throat> your bona fide is like your the, your cred or your proof that you're yeah the, the, yeah. the, the your claim to fame. I like bona fides sounds smarter, but yeah, does. I'm a bona fide bro. Yes. Yeah. But you were saying that in relation to I don't like I don't I will say this as a bro I don't like the hate that women get online. Thank I don't you. like when I have a, a, a female on my – just female. I say female because that is the weird thing that fucking separates some idiots that I feel like me and I feel like they are like me and I feel like they get my sense of humor really good. And then I have like a, a, a female comedian or, or personality that's not an Instagram model. You don't get – they don't shit on the Instagram models. It's no, just a pretty. pretty woman with a personality or an opinion. And then they shit on them and I just – it. Sometimes it's sometimes I've seen it where it's, it's warranted, you know, where I go that is kind of fucked up. Like and I, and but and I would give it guy or girl. Mm-hmm. When sometimes sometimes and especially in today's culture women women do come on podcasts a little bit and almost uh not not 
talked down to men, which I don't think anyone likes being talked down to, no. but men, especially dumb men, really don't like it. <laughs> and so, and but I just hate when like you have a strong woman on your show and you brought her there because you're, fr- you're friends with her and then they just shit on her and you're like, I, I don't even want to have women on my show. Because I don't want them to, I don't want to put them up to that. And I don't want my fans to be that, you know? Who's gotten it the worst? I can't, I can't say because I don't want to, like, I right. don't want to, um, I don't want to set them up. I remember Whitney Cummings came on. <laughs> well, you just said it. You said it. Yeah. She came Whitney on. Whitney gets it probably worse than anyone for no reason at all. Whitney's just a strong woman. Yeah. Who has a very, uh, very headstrong opinion about everything. She is a micromanager. She is a, a little bit of a control freak. These are, by the way, these are things that you, that In a are sounding. would be acceptable. Yeah, yeah, acceptable are completely, by the way, this is, I'm just, I'm describing Bill Burr. Okay. Yeah. Who's one of my best friends. I'm describing Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan. I'm describing everyone, but Whitney has it too. She's a fucking alpha. Mm-hmm. She rolls into a situation. She assesses the situation. She fixes what she doesn't want. And she and she's strong and she gets shit and I don't like it because I go she's my friend she's a legit really sweet person mm-hmm. she's uh, Nikki Glazer Nikki Glazer gets shit love Nikki Nikki yeah. Glazer uh, Nikki Glazer my daughters follow her on Instagram and f- now granted it's a tad bit frustrating sometimes but they're forming their life opinions about being a woman through her timeline. <laughs> Wow. And it's frustrating. Definitely frustrating when they st- stuff like when they start calling me the patriarchy. <laughs> and I'm like, hang on, you are 14 and 12. Don't read Nikki's timeline right. and they start regurgitating it to me. I read it too. I'm not a fucking idiot, okay? <laughs> but it's it, it's frustrating. It just bums me out. And and by the way, that, this is coming from a bro and this is coming from all bros. Like all my friends that are all we're all alpha meathead whatever's, mm-hmm. we're all protective of the women in our professional career in our lives because we're like Yo, we hang out with these women a lot. Like, these are our friends. We roll into the comedy store and we spend an hour talking to these women. I say women specifically because they won't do it to guys. They don't trash guys. Right. Well, they, no, they try, I take that back. They definitely trash guys. They definitely trash guys. They definitely trash guys. I've gotten trashed a lot. But I just it just bums me out. So that's, I don't know. I know that when I did Christina's solo podcast and it went on YouTube, I noticed that she had turned the comments off. Yeah, like I, maybe that's a thing that that women sometimes do to avoid. All Tom the and Christina's YouTube fans hate. are very uh, unique fans. I, I share some of them, mm-hmm. but I don't share all of them. Some of them just get their sense of humor. And Tom and Christina, and I say this: there are obviously Tom's probably my best friend, and Christina is someone that I care immensely about. My wife and her are close. I mean, I'm not as close to her as I am to Tom, but I am very close to Christina. But I will say that their sense of humor is so off kilter sometimes. <laughs> the things that make them laugh and the things that make their fans laugh can drastically be misunderstood by a passerby. Yeah. And so sometimes, and I, I wish I could turn my comments off from them 100%. I've been called fat for the past four years because of them. Like, and, and it's still, <laughs> it's still funny to them and to their fans. They started the hashtag Bert is fat. Yeah, they started it. By the way, Tom was so much fatter than I was. He was 270 pounds when he started it. And it, it has become something I'm sorry, that Tom. I'm in therapy because of it. Like, oh, I'm no. legit. Like, I definitely go, oh, it fucked me up. Oh, Heart, no. But I lost the weight. Then I gained it again. And mm-hmm. then I got to the place where I was like, I don't even want to go to the store. I look fat. Like, but there oh. is, look, that's part of the fucking ride. If you're going to put out free content, if you're going to be in the public eye, if you're going to post videos on Instagram, you're shirt, yourself shirtless, if you're going right. to perform shirtless, you you better be able to enjoy the heat enough to get a little tan yeah like, and go 
look, I know that I know that Tom, I know that Tom's fans, even the ones that don't follow me, don't come out to see me. I know that they get a kick out of it. I know that we all are giggling. Tom laughs, Christina laughs, Joe laughs, Ari laughs, Joey laughs, fucking Theo laughs. Everyone, we're all giggling. But does Bert laugh? Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes when it's a good one, yeah. Yeah. I, the ones that are like, like the, there's there's one going on that I'm not a fan of right now, but you just, just don't give it energy, don't mm-hmm. give it oxygen and let it just breathe out, flame out. Um, I've I've laughed. I've definitely laughed at. I've definitely laughed at some of them. But, like, go ahead. And then, but there, there are some that you're just like the unoriginal ones. Like that's why you're a fat fuck, and you're like, <laughs> you're like just be creative. And then some of them are really funny. But that's really fascinating to me because <laughs> I would have a. Ass- I mean, the whole thing is this like bit that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And I would just have when assumed- you think it's not funny anymore, someone does it and it becomes really funny again. I would have assumed that it was. It totally rolled off your back, so that's fascinating to me to find out that it's like getting in there. It didn't. I didn't even notice it until it was like really big. I didn't notice it because I'm I'm not someone. I don't read comments mm-hmm. on Instagram. I don't really interact that much on Twitter. I, I if I do it, it just is negative. So I just don't really do it. That's smart. Um, I do at times like this when I have a tour on sale. I'll definitely interact, mm-hmm. but like um, for the most part, I'm not going back and forth with people i don't like fighting i don't like conversation and so um what was i saying oh i didn't know it was getting big until it got really big and that's when tom called me and he was like dude i'm sorry and i was like wait what are you talking i didn't even know and by the way i was ordering a sandwich (laughs) and i and i was i ordered a cheeseburger i was in st louis i ordered a cheeseburger with fries and then and i'm looking at the fucking feed of what he had said at the hashtag bird is fat <sighs> and I'm reading them and one's like and they this is when they were truly funny when they were really original mm-hmm. and everyone was writing as Bert like quotes Bert had said <laughs> and I said an exact quote that I read out loud at simultaneously to me reading it I said can I get extra mayonnaise I need one for my fries <laughs> and it said Bert always orders extra mayonnaise and i was like holy fuck yeah but then i lost the weight the the bird is fat still went on but it didn't hurt as much Mm -hmm. and then i ran the marathon with no training and fucked my body up and started gaining weight back and now i'm trying to lose weight again i'm going on a hike and run you after this like i just went on a five mile jog you look pretty fit i'm not i'm not but i'm not drinking this month so Mm -hmm. that's why i look that's why it's not fit i look healthy i I look like i have a glow yes I wanted to ask, how is Sober October going? So Sober October, for listeners who might not know, you, Tom, Joe, and Ari are all doing Sober October, right? And is it yeah. is there more than just not drinking? Is it also a fitness thing? No, there's no drinking, no drugs. Okay. Um, no drug. When I say no drugs, it's no anything. It's no like, I mean, I, I, for me, it's across the board. It's party lines. It's like uh, no no Xanax, no no at no. And I can take Advil, I guess, but like uh, no. NyQuil, nothing to help you sleep. I don't even take melatonin. Mm, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> no booze, no weed. Obviously, I think I think Ari's going to use to take acid at some point in the month, but that like feels contrary to sober October. Yeah, Ari fucking plays by his own rules. <laughs> and then well, then he'll just lose. He'll just lose. Yeah. And and I you know, who's Doug it? Stanhope's doing it and he's doing doctor approved sober October. So he's got a doctor walking him through his sober October. Wow. And then we also have a fitness challenge. The fitness challenge is we all got these heart rate monitors that Tom uses to work out. These heart rate monitors measure 
your heart rate, but they put it in a point system. So every time your your heart rate gets into a different percentile, you get a different uh, quantity of points. So at fifty percent, your heart gets you uh, heart rate, which is like a hundred beats per minute. You get one point per minute. At sixty percent, which is like one twenty, one eleven, or you know, you get two points per minute. At seventy percent, which is the green, you get three points per minute, and at eighty percent, you get four points per minute. Ninety percent, they don't even give you any points because they don't want to have a heart attack. And our goal is see who has the most points at the end of the month, who worked out the hardest and the most at the end of the month. Who's winning so far? Uh, right now, I'm not looking at the standings. Oh, smart! Because uh, it was fucking with my head. So Joe Ari, oddly enough, is winning by a landslide. Really. It, but but it's 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 a, it's a it's a glitch in the matrix. It's because he doesn't work out ever. Oh. So the first time he started working out, his heart automatically went to eighty percent. Yeah. Someone like myself or Tom or Joe has to work a lot harder to get to eighty percent to get those four points per minute. Right. Right. Because if you're in, if you work out a lot and you're in good health, then your heart rate stays low. Right. Yeah, like today, I went for a run. I went for a. I'll tell. I'll, I'll show you. I'll tell you exactly. Today, I went for a six mile run, five mile run. And no, I'll and you're doing a hike later. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's because it's the points. Yeah, because I know that if I hike run in, I'll get 80 percentiles on the walk up, mm-hmm. and if I can get 80 percentiles for 10 minutes, which I think I can do, I think the hike up is probably 15 minutes to the top. That's like that's like 80 points. It's almost like 80 points. It's like a really great word in Scrabble. It's it's all about the points. I don't even. I ran 20 miles the other day. Just wow. ran 20 miles. I was, I didn't even know how far I ran. I was looking at points. I, I scored 740 points. Wow. Yeah, so like the average workout, you get 200 points. Uh-huh. Like a legit, like today, this is my run today, okay? See the I'm green? I'm just looking at, yeah, I'm looking at a graph with colors on it. So green is three points. Blue I is see. two points. And this gray is me jogging, but my heart rate's still staying at like right. 90%. That's bullshit. Yeah, I know. So then I, what I did, you see that first spike of green? Yeah. I sprinted for a half a mile ah. to get my heart rate up. And so in a weird way, so like this is Tom's. So Tom's doing interval trainings. He'll name it. He's doing interval trainings. So he's going yellow down, yellow down, yellow down. Mm -hmm, Right. Joe's are fucking ridiculous. I bet. Joe's redlined at red the entire time. Wow. He works out like a fucking lunatic. And then this is Ari. I'll, I'll give you a good example of one of Ari's. By the way, I had to take Ari's. I took a picture of Ari's thing. This is Ari. Just yellow the whole fucking time. <laughs> yellow. Like he got that. By the way, that's him getting on the elliptical. It's blue, <laughs> blue. And then it's yellow. Just 85% <laughs> coughing out with marijuana from 1992. What is this program that you guys are using? It's called MyZone. MyZone. And so, and so it's not the perfect program because, you know, we don't, we haven't figured out all the, all the bugs in this bet. But I'll tell you right now. It does reward someone who works out hard. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, I ran – I don't know how far I ran. I can tell you. I ran um, – what was my last workout? I ran six miles in an hour and 15 minutes and I scored 232 points. So then again – so then I figure if I go and hike Runyon and then do a jog up at the top of Runyon, you know, run Runyon a little bit, I can get to like 500 points. So it almost becomes obsessive compulsive, right. which leads into my brain – so hard. The problem is we're working out so hard. We're all eating like fucking savages. <laughs> and I'm not drinking. Like I don't – I don't – I think everyone always assumes I have a problem with alcohol mm-hmm. because I drink a lot. But I don't – I really don't. You don't think you do? Well, I, I – Or you don't. You don't. 
I know I, I know I don't only because I can quit immediately. I don't care that I quit, mm-hmm. but I just want to drink like anyone else would want to drink. But I know that I can't, so I just don't. I could do it. I could quit drinking for the rest of my life very easily, but I go. I don't want to. Like it's not. I mean, it's just like a regular human being. Mm-hmm. Problem is, I when I do drink, I I like to have a lot of drinks, you know. But uh, but yeah, I don't miss the booze. I wake up feeling great. I kind of feel like I wish I could keep this going, but I know that. You know, in my lifestyle, it's just not its not in the books. I mean, November 5th, we're doing a podcast where we are getting legit fucking wasted. We're doing Joe's podcast, and we're bringing in booze and drugs from all over the world. <laughs> and, and, like, I want that in my life. Yeah. Like, I don't want – I don't want – not want that. You know, when we started doing Sober October, there were a lot of people that got really – that are sober that got really offended by the idea mm. of us doing Sober October. Why? Um, I guess it trivializes – their trauma. I see. You know, um, everyone. Everyone has the right to get offended. I, I'm not one of those comics that goes, "Oh, bro, for real." Yeah, if you're gonna <laughs> get offended, get offended. That's mm-hmm. you're totally allowed to get offended. Things offend me. The Ti video with uh, Melania Trump dancing naked on the table kind of offended me. I'm a huge Ti fan, but I was like, I was like, I don't, man. Like, don't. You don't need to do that. You're mm-hmm. such a good rapper. I know you're trying to make a political statement, but. Like, no one would ever have done that to any other first lady, mm-hmm. ever. And I understand everyone hates Trump. I'm not supporting Trump. I'm just saying she's a human being. And she sounds like, in my opinion, she's going through a very rough time yeah, in her life. Don't sure. fucking attack her. Right. I think she might be one of the better ones in that group. <laughs> she had a decent point. Like, I'm just, I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not political. I'm just saying, like, yeah. like I, I, I reserve the right to be moved one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get offended, get offended. Listen to that person's offense and and try to process it. And when and what had happened is a lot of people, you know, started coming out like "fuck sober October" the first October one and didn't realize that we were all attached to it. And uh, and then it all kind of went back to us. And we were and I was like, dude, if you're sober, like Mike Catherwood, if you're sober, he had a problem with it. Uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. By, but by the way, he's allowed to. Yeah, he's sober for legit reasons. And he's like, yeah, you guys. Your sober October starts today. Mine is every single day. Mm-hmm. Like his is this. I don't know if it's a battle or a struggle. I don't know what it is. But I'll tell you what. I know October first. I wanted a cocktail, and if he's doing that every single day, and he's going the doing the good fight every day, then I can see how it trivializes it. But for the regular passerby who likes to party, it's good to take a month off of drugs and alcohol. And if we want to call it sober October, if we want to call it something else. I think we should be allowed to call that. They can get offended, and we can find a middle ground where we all go, yeah, yeah, it is a little insensitive, but we're still going to do it. And mm-hmm. then they go, yeah, well, I'm still going to be offended. You go, yeah, that's cool. That's totally cool. I can understand why you're offended. I hope you understand that I'm taking a break. And, you know, find a middle ground. Right. That's what this country is lacking. And yes. my wife thinks it's because of the middle class. But keep going. <laughs> what does the winner of Sober October win? The winner is the person with the most MEPs. That's the points you get per workout. Mm-hmm. The winner doesn't have to pay for anything. The loser has to pay for a private jet to fly the four of us to a location to be determined. Oh, my God. Third place has to pay for accommodations for the four of us at a location yet to be determined. Uh, Approved by the group. Right. So you can't just go, we're staying at the Holiday Inn. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. That'd be nice. You got Rogan and Segura, who are legit huge theater acts, myself included, but I haven't (laughs) done the tour yet. But but And then fourth, uh, second place has to pay for the meal. The person with the highest points in one-day point earnings, one-day point earnings, Mm -hmm. 
that person gets a free suit, like a like a legit $10,000 suit that all of us have to pay for. But the winner doesn't have to pay for anything. The private jet, like how much could that cost? It could cost a lot depending on where we want to go. Mm-hmm. But no one's going to destroy anyone's bank account to do this. Right. But I think we're all thinking go to Vegas, maybe like 10 grand. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that's a lot of money. I know that's a lot of money to the average person listening going like $10,000. But if you figure not for legit huge theater acts such as yourself. No, myself. Uh, let's 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 put <laughs> my goal my goal is to is to come in first place, to not have to pay for that. Right. So like I've already considered myself a winner and the winner gets a championship belt that Rogan had commissioned. <laughs> it says Sober October. It has drugs and alcohol and it's got our faces on it and it's a legit championship belt. If I win that belt, I will be taking that belt on stage every single night of my Body Shots World Tour and walking on stage with that belt and then placing it on the stool and letting it sit on the stool as I do my show that is every fucking night. And trust me when I say this, I am, if anything, focused. I am, if anything, fucking determined. Like, I'm going on two hikes today. I'm going, I'm not drinking at all. When I don't drink, I got nothing but time on my hands. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Omaha this weekend. I'm going to do a run at, in the mornings and I'm going to do a run at night when I get back from the club. I'm going to get back on the fucking treadmill and do another fucking run. I'm losing toenails for this shit. I do not <laughs> give a fuck. I have a chest infection. Fuck it. I am in. Is it hard when you go on tour during Sober October because are your fans trying to get you to drink or are they supportive? Um, I think it's really bizarre this community we've been a part are a part of is a lot of people follow the contest and they get into it. A lot of people quit drinking and doing drugs. You know, I think that's I, a good thing that you're doing it's, then. It's a great thing. And I and I say this and by the way, I hope I didn't sound like I was shitting on Mike at all. No, I don't think you did. Yeah, but uh you know, the one good thing about Sober October, about the weight loss challenge that Tom and I did, or, or all the bets that we come up with, is that ultimately, in a roundabout way, it inspires someone else. So I've had a lot of people come up and say, you know, I did Sober October with you guys last year, and I quit smoking. I did Sober October with you guys last year, and I got off opiates. I, I did Sober October with you guys, and, I, and I'm still on it. It just, if I felt so good after a month, I stayed on it. I, a lot of people have lost weight because of Tom and I's fat shaming campaign. <laughs> A lot of, like a lot, there's a guy, Vance Hines, I think he was lost 185 pounds because wow. he saw them making fun of me, empathize with me, saw me lose the weight and saw me run a half marathon and literally said, if Bert can do this, I can do this. Now, Tom has a joke about that in his act that I, I think is fucking hilarious that he's like, dude, I do a lot of shit no one can do. But like, <laughs> God bless him. He's lost 185 pounds and he looks great. He was massively obese like in the 300s in the four, almost 400 pounds so if good comes out of it it's that and so when i go on the road like when i'm in there there'll be people like if i tried to drink they'd be like no you can't lose <laughs> they hold you accountable. You can't. yeah they're, they're all there would be a lot of people but i went on a cruise with my buddy cowhead uh mike calta i went on his cruise and there were people that do not give a fuck about sober october mm-hmm. and they were like the machine's broken <laughs> you said that the uh the the jokes have put you back in therapy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look. So what happened? I mean, I'll be very candid about it. I'm I have a problem with oversharing. And if it turns you off of being a fan of mine because you're hearing too much, I get it. I do get it. Who are the people that get turned off by that? I feel uh, like- a lot of people. A lot of, a lot really? of fucking guys not comfortable with their own oh, masculinity. That makes sense. Well, my audience loves oversharing. Um, so two years ago when the fat shaming thing started, I was oblivious that it was starting. 
I didn't realize it was happening. What was happening in my life was um, I was doing Birth to Conquer. I was the fattest I've ever been. I was doing Birth to Conquer. I was lost creatively. I I had done Birth to Conquer originally for Travel Channel. I had done Trip Flip and like three other series for Travel Channel. And then they brought back Birth to Conquer and fired everyone at the network. Mm. And so I was doing this show under no supervision whatsoever. New president comes in. We have a lunch in Santa Monica. And she says, what do you want to what do you want to do on the network? And I was like, I don't want to ride roller coasters. I go, I'm like forty I think I was forty three at the time, forty four, forty two. What was the premise of Birth the Conqueror? I rode roller coasters. <laughs> that was it. That was I just it. Rode okay. fucking roller I and mean, look, you can for one season you can have varied responses. But the problem is there's only like eight different types of roller coasters right. out there. Legit. There's only like three manufacturers, four manufacturers, and there's like only eight different types. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you're going to run into almost the exact same roller coaster at different parks. So right. you're just doing Diamond back here is Intimidator 305 there. And so yeah. it's your reactions are identical. And so it gets to a point where it's just like, I get it, but I, this isn't me. I'm a much more Bill and Joe had sat me down at the store one night and they're like, your, your show isn't great and you're a great stand up. Like, get away from Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. Like, th- they had said, Literally, what's your nut? What do you need to make a year? Get out of it. Get Just focus on your podcast and your stand-up. Do a special and tour. I go to dinner with this woman. Uh, I shouldn't say her name. I don't. I hope I don't sound slamming her, but she was the president of Travel Channel at the time. She didn't like me. I think she just looked at me and was like, he's not He's not attractive. He's not smart. Whatever Whatever she wanted in Travel Channel hosts, mm-hmm. I wasn't it. She called me like two days later and fired me. It was like, I was in under contract. She was like, yeah, we're not renewing your contract. We're done working with you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've been there eight years. Like I was wow. legit. I and lasted. She, she fired you directly, not your not through your representation? She called me directly. It was like, wow. I was on a walk. Wow. I was on a walk. And, she, and I was on a walk. I had a vasectomy Ugh. scheduled and we were tearing down our house to redo a remodel. Mm. And I was like, she's like, it was very... I'm sure she assumes it was very warm. It was very cold in the fact that she was like, yeah, so we're not going to renew your contract. We're not going to move forward with Birth to Conquer. We're not going to do this. And I wish you the best of luck. And I was like, well, listen, I was like, just so you know, I, I have some ideas and I have, and I, by the way, I had been offered to move over to A&E like mm-hmm. eight months before, like do a, a, a parallel move to A&E and start doing shows at A&E. But in my head, I was like, dude, I liked Travel Channel. I really liked working at that network. And I told her, I don't really have another place that I want to go. I still want to work at Travel Channel, and I have these shows that I'm pitching. I'd love the opportunity to pitch them to you. She was basically like, oh, whatever. Yeah, cool. All right, I got to go, and just hung up. And I was like, wow, eight years ends like that with a person I barely know mm-hmm. just letting me go. Just, just like, it's good talking to you. Yeah. Like, even when I got – I've been fired from Travel Channel before, and it never worked out that way. It was always like this, girl, this woman, Lorene Ong, fired me. And we're just like, we're not renewing this series, but we're not done with you. We love you. You're part of our family. Everyone always said that. Mm-hmm. And this woman just came in and was like, you're not part of our family. You're done. We're not working with you. Right. You're not the direction we want to be in. And I was like, which is fine. She's allowed her prerogative. Biggest mistake of her career. But by the way, the biggest mistake she's ever made in her fucking life. Because one of the clips that I had lobbied so hard for her to let us share. The, one of the clips that I had said like, hey, will you hear me out? I know I've got a series that's airing. Can we just share some of these clips on Instagram and on Facebook? Because I think they're going to go viral. Mm. One of the ones she had said, no, we got this. I know how you're doing it. Went viral. 
290 million views. Wow. Two, it's the biggest thing Travel Channel's ever done. Wow. And they had fired me. What was the clip? It's me riding a fucking roller coaster for Birth Conquer. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the fucking show. It's every... And by the way, and then as soon as that happened, they blocked all the content so I couldn't share it. Oh, God. And it was just really shitty. It was a shitty way to end a relationship and a network that I really, truly loved. Yeah. I loved working at Scripps. I loved the people at Scripps. It was like a family. And then... You've been there eight years. I've been there eight years. I knew so many people. I knew so many people from the beginning of their careers and to where they were. I watched people go to Discovery. Like, I, I feel... I really felt like it was a family. She fires me. I feel like I, there's a legit sense of mourning when mm-hmm. I don't have Travel Channel anymore. You got to realize my family all had like Travel Channel blankets, <laughs> Travel Channel shirts. Everyone was it was a family. Yeah. I'm supposed to do a funnier die tour. All the dates that I have booked out and canceled my road work for, they all get canceled, right? So I've been fired from the network. That happens, but at least I got a special Why did of, that get canceled? Uh just uh they I don't know really, but I think People weren't buying tickets. Oh. It was just there was no one. Dave Chappelle didn't do it. Is mm. the answer? Okay. Ultimately, yeah. Is that Dave Chappelle or Amy Schumer weren't the big names drawing mm. tickets, and so that's like twelve dates that gets canceled. So now it's like it's maybe like August, and I have no work coming up. Jeez. Right. Uh, no work for till the end of the year, and I'm like, all right, but I got Travel Channel money. I'm fine. I'm good financially. Then the fat shaming starts. And I'm like, catches me off guard. I get into a fight with Doug Benson on stage in St. Louis that is really ugly and nasty. That goes on. I'm supposed to get a vasectomy. They're redoing our house. and I. But I'm like, at least I got my special. My special premieres on Showtime. And they had said very candidly, we wish you had worn a shirt. Like, it's just, (laughs) you not wearing a shirt, people just change the channel. Mm. And I was like, great. So now I'm sitting there lost. Like, I'm like, Really fucked up going like, okay, my stand-up's in the gutter. My special just premiered. No one watched it. Um, Travel Channel fired me. I have no home there. I have no, I have no TV money coming in. Uh, my podcast is unmonetized at the time. I'm this just, was 2015? This is two years ago. I think two, I'm bad with name, I'm bad with numbers. But yeah, I think it was two years, two years ago. ago. Okay. I'm literally just lost. And... I'm sensing like a huge sense of mourning mm-hmm. and I have nowhere, I have nowhere, I don't know what I'm going to do. I literally, I couldn't tell you. I just go to my man cave and just go, what, do I write a script? Like that kind of like Hail Mary, like I guess I just start writing jokes again. And I just started writing jokes and going up at the store and just, and it's weird because all of this is wrapped into my body is that I'm overweight and people are just saying it to me nonstop. You fat bird, you fat fuck. Yeah. Like people... I remember there's this guy, I won't say his name because he gets really upset, which is I find very ironic, mm-hmm. but he was obese and his mom was obese and they came to my show and he came up and he had created a, a fake account about me <laughs> Sorry. Ca- called, uh, I won't say the name, but it was a fake right. account just fat shaming me, calling me a fat fuck and this. And then I meet him and he's overweight and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's so interesting that you would choose to do that. And he goes, dude, it's funny. And then I meet his mom. His mom is morbidly obese like maybe 400 pounds mm-hmm. 350 pounds and she sees me and she goes what's up you fat fuck <laughs> and i in my head i go you've had, you've been called that your whole life right done that? right you just, like by the way i'm not it's i'm not weird. that fat compared to you but yeah. you know how that hurts like and, and i'm i'm taking the time out of my meet and greet to talk to you and be kind to someone who's done nothing but shame me online by the way the ironic part of this is i brought this up and I said his name and I said everything on Rogan and he wrote back and he's like, dude, what the fuck, man? Why would you call me out on 
publicly like that. I was like, that's all you've done to me. That's yeah. all you've done is fucking get in my head about how fucking disgusting I am. And so, and so I just, all this is building up. My self-esteem's in the gutter. I'm at the store. I'm taking my shirt off. No one gives a fuck. They're like, oh, you fat fuck. Lose <laughs> weight. And I'm, it's just, and then, you, and then I just was like, I need to, I told my wife, I was like, I've been in therapy. I was like, I need to double up on therapy because I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what's going on, but I know that this, that these feelings I'm having, they're all based in self-esteem and in ego. Mm-hmm. And I can't, and I'm, can't write this boat. And then, and then, um, and then I I kind of took control. Like Tom and I placed a bet about who could lose. I went and I was in New York and I did a podcast with Ari and Ari was Ari is a really interesting guy and I people don't appreciate him for what he what there is in him that's beautiful. What's in him that's beautiful is that it's fucking unfiltered. So if you have a brown tooth, he's going to notice that you have a brown tooth and he's going to say, "Why don't you get that fixed?" Mm-hmm. Like he's not he's not trying to be mean. He's just saying, why well, you could get that fixed. Like get a that kid. Fixed. Yeah, it's it's like a child. It really is like a child. I go to do his podcast and he's like, You really are fat. Like <laughs> I heard everyone say that, but you really are fat. And by the way, at the time I'm like, I'm not that fat. I'm two hundred and fifty six pounds. I don't know that. But at the time I'm two hundred and fifty six mm-hmm. pounds. And he goes, That but that's not healthy. Like and he starts making fun of me. We call Tom and we set the bet. Person to lose the most weight loses their beard, and the person if both of us can get out of obesity, then Ari got has to pay to take us to somewhere else, right? We set the bet, and I decide to take control, and I decide to lose weight, and I lose like 40 pounds in a month. Not wow. Healthy. Not healthy. Not healthy. How did you do it? Not healthy. I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. But like a lot of Xanax fucking at six Like go to sleep instead of eat? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A big weekend diets where you go, all right, it's Sunday, Xanax at four o'clock, Tito's and soda at eight, mm-hmm. uh, wake up, Ambien. Like it was not the fucking healthiest way to lose weight. So I lose, I take control, I lose the weight. And then I go, fuck this. If Showtime's not going to promote my special, I'm going to promote it. And I start editing clips together. I start pulling content, cutting it, and posting it going, fuck it. I start saying on podcasts, dude, I'm proud of this special. This is a great special. I don't know why no one saw it. I don't know why. It's probably because it's on Showtime. But if you want, rip it and post it. I don't give a fuck. I'm saying that out loud. I post four clips of my special, like 39 minutes of my special. I post it online. And miraculously... On December 27th. This is, by the way, I know that I'm making this into like some fucking Rudy story, but like, just hear me out. On December 27th, a young lady who lives in Minnesota saw the machine clip and she happened to be in my Russian class. And she writes one of the first comments on it. Uh, I was on this trip. This story is 100% true. He fucking robbed us. And it goes viral. It wow. goes viral. And at the same time, the Travel Channel clip goes viral. Both of them go viral hand in hand, promoting each other mm-hmm. and start to take off. And the weird fucking thing is my shirt's off. So now all this other content of me online shirtless starts to go viral. Right. My special goes online. People start ripping it and posting it. And like three million people view it. Five minutes and then they pull it down. Five million people find it. People find it and then go, before it gets stolen, I'm going to post it. Mm-hmm. People start sharing the machine story. And I go to New Jersey the very first week of January, that that probably two years ago, and my shows sell out in a blizzard. And then I look, and all my shows are sold out. I wow. start getting tickets counts, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And it just was like a real testament of like, follow your own heart. I give up on all the fucking television. I give up on all that, and I go, I'm going to write jokes. That's all I'm going to do is just write jokes, and I'm going to do stand-up. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to podcast. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to be immersed in what i dig like fuck 
all the uh, the ulterior stuff. I'm just going to get immersed in the shit I dig. And I had the, I had up until that time the best creative, the best financial, the best emotional year of my life. I was skinny, like not skinny, but you know, for me, mm-hmm. I was like 220 pounds for the whole fucking year. Me and all my friends bullshitted. Me and Ari and Tom went to a national championship game. We, we started this chat that we're all laughing. I'm writing like crazy. And then I'm like, fuck it. I'm ready for another special. And Netflix hits me up. And I'm like, yeah. And and so in a weird way, it was like, and that's why when you said earlier when we were hanging out, you were talking about something's burning. I believe in that. I believe in the shit that you like. Just do that. Mm-hmm. Just do all that shit that you like. Fuck television development. Fuck movies. Fuck it all. Just. Oh, I think that like when you're in one of those low points, Especially, I mean, I always think about in terms of like breakups when you've been, which actually you kind of were broken up with by travel oh my channel. God, completely. The best thing you can do to start feeling better is to pour your energy into something that you have control over. You can't see it when you're there. Right. So I call it the salad days. Um, and I love salad days. Like right now you're going through the salad days with, with a family. Mm-hmm. I miss it so much. I didn't appreciate it when I was in it. Because it's crazy. And it's really hard. It's stressful, yeah. It's really hard. And we were broke at the time. Like Tom was talking to me about it the other day. And he was like, he was like, you know, I keep thinking about our family. And I keep thinking you were making 700 bucks a week when you had yours. And I was like, yeah. How irresponsible of me to go. This will work out. <laughs> oh, tons of people do it. Don't though. worry about college, guys. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And so, but you can't appreciate it. And I, I wish I could go back. I, if I had a time machine, I'd just go back to like a Monday night when the girls were young mm-hmm. and we were watching Monday night football and we had the nanny that we couldn't afford because my wife was working and I was on the road and I flew in on Monday and everyone's sisters came over. I go back to these days when my kids were young and I, the same goes for, for the struggle of stand up is you go like, I wish I could go back to that October, November, December of two years ago because Dude, I was – someone said it the other day. Greg Fitzsimmons was saying that, like, it's it has to do with, like, not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, really, at that point, I was just like – I was like, I can't get in trouble at Travel Channel anymore. Like, that's done. Like, so I was like uh, – almost like a weight off my back. I was like, I can just make content. Like, I can just make shit. Mm-hmm. And, and I had – I got into vlogging. I had done a vlog. And I just started making shit. And I was – and it – I got to be honest with you. I had 35,000, two years ago, I had 35,000 Instagram followers. Today, I have almost 600,000. And it's you think it's from vlogging? It's, it's from me enjoying the medium, mm-hmm. not listening to anyone, and just making content and posting it. Just making it and posting it. And if it sucks, it sucks. Not reading the comments, not letting the hate right. get into you. Just making it and posting it, having fun with it, fucking around. Me getting into a bet with my three friends. My four friends just texting like, hey, $100,000 says I can quit drinking for nine months. What? Huh? F- Shut the fuck up. There's no way you can do that. Okay. Not $100,000. I can't afford that. I can quit drinking for three months. I mean, you can't do that. Bullshit. I can definitely do it. Fucking put your money where your mouth is. Put a bet out. Put a bet out. All right. The bet is I bet you can't do it for one month. Oh, I'm in. I bet you guys couldn't quit weed for one month. Shut the fuck up. Let's do Sober October. All right. We're all four doing it. It's funny shit. I always say, you know, I was drinking a lot when they we started Sober October. If you have a friend who's drinking a lot and you want to fix his life. Just do a bet where no one drinks for the month and you don't do it too. Make it feel inclusive. Don't point the finger mm-hmm. at them. Point the finger at each other. It was, dude, last year's Sober October was so much more fun than this one's because we were texting every day and going to hot yoga together and going like, hey, how's it doing? Shakes? Are you shitting blood? Like, <laughs> this one's been fun because now we're all just talking about this. Like, it is hilarious to get on this 
this chat thread and just talk shit about working out. Like right now, I think uh, Ari is going on the road for 10 days and he's like, I can't promise that I'll be working out that hard. And Tom's texting me. He's like, he's sandbagging us. He's fucking sandbagging <laughs> us. Like, and so now we're like checking Ari. Like, where are you? Ari texting him. Oh, Louie went on stage last night. Really? Really? You were at the club last night? Where are you going today? <laughs> it's funny shit, dude. I, I'm so much happier today than I probably have ever been professionally. I love it. I have so many more questions for you, but first I need to talk about, speaking of health, Ritual Vitamins. Do you know these vitamins? No, I saw this ad and I didn't know, I'd never heard of Ritual Vitamins. They're vitamins for women and traditional multivitamins weren't doing women any favors. So Ritual reimagined one from the ground up. The result is an essential vitamin for women. It's two daily capsules made with the nine essential nutrients most women lack. Basically, people are so careful with reading labels and wanting to know where is this sourced, etc. And the people who created these vitamins were like, I take these vitamins. There's all this stuff that's actually in the vitamin, you know, in the vitamins of the past before ritual. There's all these ingredients in there that your body actually can't use. I have no idea where they're coming from. It's like a mystery and I'm being so careful with everything else. Why not with the vitamins? So they came up with these ritual essential for women multivitamins reimagined from D3 to omega-3. Ritual essential for women fills the gaps in a woman's diet, all with a fresh minty flavor, no fishy aftertaste. Also, for people who care about the aesthetics, I wish I had the bottle right here. They're beautiful. They're like, they have um, beadlets in oil. They're like, they're like, they're like the most beautiful vitamin. I like that ever you seen. said that they have a minty aftertaste because sometimes when you burp up vitamins, yeah. you're like, uh-huh. No, these are I feel refreshing. Like I just blew a GNC. <laughs> these are refreshing. Ritual Essential Prenatal is the prenatal reborn. Uh, for those of us thinking about it, trying and expecting, Ritual Essential Prenatal is conceived to deliver the essential nutrients from DHA to folate that a woman needs at every stage. And for obsessive label readers, all of Ritual's vegan friendly sugar, non GMO, gluten free, and allergen-free ingredients and their sources are 100% out there for the whole world to see. Uh, whether you're living life or creating it, why not add some good-looking science into your daily routine? Visit ritual.com slash Rosen to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash Rosen, ritual.com slash Rosen. So when we talked back in 2012, you said that you have a problem with letting people take liberties with you. That oh, yeah. other people do you how, where are you with all that now? It's really interesting. I've been going through this trying to figure out what it is. Um, I don't like confrontation. So uh, I, I, I attract a certain type of person who likes to, who likes confrontation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I attract a certain type of person, usually the bad narcissistic kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my friends have been very quick to point out how fucking I'm like a lightning rod for those types of people. Like kind of people that other people write off immediately. Right. For some reason they get written off and they trickle down to me and I'm I'm I don't I'm not only like confrontation, so I just end up being around them and hanging out and being do nice you, to them. Do you rationalize their behavior? Yeah. And I and I try to see the good in people and I try to I try to help people. I like there's you know been a couple friends that have fucking lost their minds and you try to see the good in them and you try to help them and you try to you want you want them to come out on the other side you don't want it to be the end of their career because they're fucking out of their mind and it just and it just ends up becoming more of a headache i've gotten a lot better at writing people off like now i just write someone off and i'm like oh yeah you're dead to me you'll never be my friend i'll never talk good about you to anyone else i won't talk about you Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna slam you behind your back but 
I'm not going to be the guy that you wanted that you think I am. I'm not going to it's not going to roll off my back and I'm not going to be your buddy and I'm not ever going to be your friend again. I've I've had, at the time I think we talked. I know what I was talking about. I am good at I wasn't good at this before. I wasn't good at this at all in life. Um I'm good at now being done with someone and never speaking to them ever again. Very good at it. So, it just it just takes it takes a little bit of giving up on people. Yeah. And just going, oh, not everyone's great. That's one of those like losing innocence as you get older things. Yeah, I have I no think. I have no ill will towards them. But there are a handful of people that I have given up on entirely. I won't speak to, I won't return their texts. And I, I kind of oh yeah, yeah, you don't even need to write it. I yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um Is that who it was back in two thousand twelve? Yeah, yeah. And I and I'd always held uh hope for someone going like I'm here for you. And then one day I decided I realized I'm a very different man. I've grown I've grown in a lot of ways. You know, therapy one of them and and, and this going to sound so fucking silly. But being friends with Joey Diaz. Cuz Joey Diaz is he'll write a motherfucker off. <laughs> and and I never I did not understand that. And then and then Joey just was like there's simple rules to being a friend. Mm. Joe had said this to me, Thomas said this to me. All my friends have been like no, there's simple rules to being a friend. There's just a couple simple. Like, love that person, support them, have their back at all times. That's it. Don't talk shit about them. You know, you can, you can, we can, you know, we'll, we'll you can talk shit about anybody, ultimately. Like, I, I could talk shit with you about Tom, mm-hmm. you know, but like, not real shit. Right. Like, nothing that would be like, let me tell you what that mother, I'm not like that, but right. like, you know, I could be like, dude, he's fucking exhausting. He is exhausting at times, <laughs> but like, so I, I think I've gotten a lot better at that. And I'm, I'm adversely, I, I am very, a lot. I think from the time when we talked, I didn't have any friends. Just a little footnote. I, I was not, I did not have any friends. Um, and at that time, a bunch of people came forward and they were like, hey man, we want to be your friend. You're not letting us be your friend. Oh, interesting. And I was, and yeah, by the way, I'll, I'll give them a shout out because it was one of the sweetest things anyone's ever done to me. Joe came up to me at the ice house. We were about, I was getting ready to go on stage. We'd all been hanging out. We'd hang out, hung out a couple a bunch of times. I'd all hung out with everyone. Um, I was cool with everyone, but I just did not want friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't want friends. I didn't trust people. I knew Tom. Tom and I were were, were friendly, but we weren't like we are now. Mm-hmm. Like it just wasn't what it was. Like I'd talk to him, I knew him, I could bullshit with him on the phone, but I always had a guard up. And Joe came up with a beer and a shot of Jack Daniels. And he was like, and we were really fucked up. He was like, you're a great guy. I was getting ready to go on stage. And I was like, okay. I was like, oh, thanks, man. And he was like, no, you're a great guy. And he's like, and, you know, we love you. And we we want you, we want you to be our friend, but you got to let us. And I was like, and I literally was like, no, okay, I got it. And he's like, no. And he gave me my shot. And he's like, no, I don't think you're hearing. There's a lot of people that want to be your friend and you're not letting us be your friend. And I was like, okay. And he goes, no, hear what I'm saying, man. You're a great guy. We're not going to fuck you over. We just want to be your friend. And it was like, I mean, oh, I get emotional. It's so moving, yeah. And I was like, okay. And he's like, let us be your friend. And I was like, all right. And we all, and me and him took a shot. He was like, have a good set. And I got up on stage and I was high. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I got off stage and things that I did not do anymore, I started doing. Like, like what? I'm, like uh, Joe texted me and was like, hey, my daughter's having a birthday party. Love for you and the girls to come out. Normally, I just write that off. I mm-hmm. go, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me check. And then never reply. That's just me. 
someone calls because of social anxiety just, social anxiety and just not trusting anyone and being like yeah i get it let's just work together mm-hmm. i don't want to be your friend there's too much that's involved in that mm. um tom would say stuff like uh we should do something man let's go let's me and you go uh let's go for a hike let's let's go let, let's do something that bothered me because i i felt like if i i felt like i did that shit in college i had a, i've got a, those friends i don't do that in grown-up stuff mm-hmm. um Joey Diaz called me and when I started I started therapy around that time and Joey was like for the first time I I got out of that therapy very quick but Joey was like uh what are you doing I said I'm going to therapy and he's like dog fuck that we're going to Marie AC and we're going to fucking have coffee and we'll talk for an hour and so I went to Marie AC I did not want to and I sat down I had coffee with him for an hour and we just talked about what was going on in life and what was going on in my head and how I felt Joey's one of my best friends. He comes to every uh, every Thanksgiving we have. He comes to every Christmas we have. He comes to every Easter with his whole family. Joey's one of my best friends. I love him. And so I think, I think when I started allowing myself to have friends, I also started going like, well, this shady motherfucker right here. Like I've tried to be your friend. I've done stuff for you. I've, I've, I've stuck my head out for you. And now, and that's how I get repaid. I don't mm-hmm. ever speak to anyone like that. Like, it's been a few people. A few people I just write off. I just wrote off. And you go, good luck. And, you know, it's, it's interesting, but those type of people always end up the same way. How? They end up by themselves. They end up fucking burning every bridge. There mm-hmm. was this kid that we met in uh, freshman year of college. I won't say his name. Let's just call him Joe. And uh, I... I love this kid. I thought this kid was so fucking cool. He had his mom was from Brazil. He had lived in L.A. He was gone. He had gone to play pepper uh, soccer at Pepperdine, but ended up at Florida State. He was in summer school. Summer school with us. He was cool. He like was good with chicks, and he was good looking, great shape. Like just and he just fit into our group. And every story he had was amazing. My buddy Jeff was the first one to go. I think he's lying. Mm. And I was like, I was like, no man, dude, what? Don't. And would call him out, like try to pick him apart. And it bothered me. I go, don't do that. You're making me uncomfortable. Let's just hear his story. So what if he lies? It's a good story. We're all laughing. Like, I don't care. And then he started to fall apart in a bad way. Like, like just stuff that like, like didn't have a place to stay f- come fall. Mm-hmm. Like didn't have a place to stay. Like didn't have a, like he'd gone to summer school with us, but he didn't have like a, a room in fall. When fall semester started, he was like staying on our couch and we're like, Wait, what's where's right. yours? And it was every everything was it was a story, and like he didn't have clothes, and then he was borrowing my shoes, and then like it was just, and then other people had stories like fuck that guy, fuck Joe, fuck Joe, and then one day I was like, I was with him on campus, and I was like, hey man, what's going on with you? And he still couldn't just be real mm. about it, and I was the very last person, and he had my shoes on, <laughs> like that's so silly that I but. Do you remember those bash shoes that they had laces and you do like the the noose ties at the end? Mm-hmm. Those bass? Yeah. He had those on and I wanted them back because they were my shoes. Right. But I felt so bad for him cause, and he was lying to me. I was like, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, we'll see you later. And then I went back and Jeff was like, dude, fuck that guy. You need him out of your life. Jeff called up for me and said, uh, I don't ever want to see you again. If I see you again, I'm going to kick your ass. And Bert better have his shoes by first thing in the fucking morning. And my shoes were in a brown uh, paper bag outside my dorm room in Sally Hall the next morning. 
And I just felt bad. I still felt bad for the kid. Mm-hmm. I still felt bad that he thought I wanted him beat up. I didn't want him beat up. Right. I just wanted him to like maybe just to be real. He just never had money. and he was, like, Everything was a lie. And I feel like those guys always end up similar. Mm-hmm. The lies and the like the fucking bullshit that goes on in their heads and the stories they tell themselves to make themselves feel better and all the bad stuff. And you just and you, and I just go. They all end up like John. Like well, his name, real name is John. <laughs> There's a lot of Johns in the world. <coughs> they all, they all end up like Joe. They all end up like that guy. Like just no one. They, they got nothing. And so I just go. You know what? It's better. Uh, you know whatever. So I want to talk to you about something's burning. But first, and this is going to be an either incredibly awkward or incredible <laughs> segue. I'm dying to hear it. Speaking of shoes. Oh, yeah. Ladies. <laughs> I always ladies. laugh when I start that way. Ladies, boot season has finally arrived. I'm so happy that it's getting colder. I love I mean, this weather. It starts in the, right now, it's like 60 something in the morning and then it's 80 something by the time that I actually leave the house. So I don't love that. But I love that it starts cold. I love it. Boot season has finally arrived. It's the perfect opportunity to be the fall fashion trendsetter you always dreamed of being. And you don't have to spend a million dollars to do it. Live up to your style potential with a JustFab.com membership. Millions of women say that JustFab is their go-to site to see what's new and trending in boots, shoes, clothing, and accessories. When you visit the site for the first time, you're given a style quiz. I'll take any quiz. That's how much of maybe a narcissist I am. I don't know. But it's like, if it's going to tell you something about you, I will take it. This style quiz tells you what your style is. Just take it for the quiz alone. Once you take it, Just Fab personalizes your shopping experience. So your favorite styles right rise straight to the top. You can shop as a guest or become a Just Fab VIP. And take it from me, becoming a VIP is by far the best way to shop. VIPs save up to 30% off on retail prices and gain access to tons of other exclusive perks. I signed up as a VIP and found everything I needed perfectly picked just for me. And Just Fab offers a flexible membership. So each month you can can choose to shop or skip. You shop the way you want to. Trust me, you'll love being a VIP member. It's time to step up your boot game. If you go to justfab.com slash Allison now and sign up as a VIP, you'll get your first style for as low as $10. That's justfab.com slash Allison to get your first style for as low as $10. Justfab.com slash Allison. Okay, so tell me about something's burning because I've seen you post like I'm aware that you have this cooking show. I need yeah. to know more. Uh, it was it was around that time that I was I was I was coming out of the the I, I guess the someone named their kid Phoenix the other day, and I was like I made fun of it. And my wife's like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's a badass fucking name. Yeah. I went really. She goes, you know what the Phoenix is? The Phoenix comes out Rise of the, from ashes. Yeah, and I went, oh shut up! And now I love the name Phoenix. <laughs> I love the name Phoenix. My watch is a Phoenix 575X. Mm. Uh, um, so it was around that time and things were getting better for me and I was I was starting to do my own content. I started to do focus on my podcast. I got it monetized, which was like a big weight off my shoulders to go like, I can pay my mortgage now. Mm-hmm. Like just with a, a couple reads a month, I can pay my mortgage and I'm good. I was like, nice. And the road started doing well and my my Instagram's doing well. And and I'm and all my friends are gelling like we're all just real like all in the same breath like everyone's getting it and everyone's supportive. It's like comedy's never been in this place ever 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 where everyone's supporting everyone else. Come and do my do my podcast. Let me help you out. And me, Bill Burr, 
Tom Segura are at All Things Comedy. And Bill's like, I want this brand to be bigger. I want to do content. I want to put a ton of content out. I want to make content. Al Madrigal is there. And we're walking through the, the offices we had. And there's a kitchen. And Tom's like, you know, you could do a cooking show here. And uh, and by the way, Tom and I have been friends for a very long time. I see, you know, when I say about friendship, Tom and I have always been friends. There was a time we were much closer before everything started to melt down when I didn't trust people. But And he used to come over with Push almost once a week, and I used to cook them dinner. This is when they were Baroque, mm-hmm. right? They, were, they lived in Koreatown, and they had no money, <laughs> like no money. They used to come over, and I made them dinner all the time. And there's one story that I had where I made a really bad meal for a chef. A chef came over, Roy <laughs> Choi, the guy that started. Oh, yeah. He came over to my house, and I fucked up a meal really bad. And I had said, as a joke, I should do a cooking show called Something's Burning, <laughs> where I just fuck up meals for people. And Tom in the kitchen goes, you should do that stupid cooking show you came up with called Something's Burning. And Bill's like, I'll do it. And I was like, what? And Bill's like, me and Tom will be the first guests. Just make us a meal. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So me, Tom, and Bill in this kitchen get a crew, and we shoot Something's Burning. I hit up... Uh, the production company that did Birth Conquer, Dan Adler, I was like, dude, what do I need? I'm, I'm, we're so bare bonesing it that like, tell me how many cameras we need. Tell me like, I know how to do a show, but I don't know how to make it. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of know how to make it. And he was like, you need to tell everyone you're difficult to work with first. <laughs> and he was like, because I am, I am, I'm very micromanagey mm-hmm. in that. Don't tell me, don't tell me what to do. Don't ever right. tell me what to do. It, it, it fucks my head up and. And then I spiral out and then I become difficult. Mm-hmm. He goes, tell everyone you're difficult to work with. And then he kind of gave me a breakdown of how to shoot the show. I was like, cool. So I go in the first day and I tell everyone, listen, I'm I'm usually a very cool person. But just so you know, I have a propensity to be difficult. Just don't interrupt me. No one directed. I don't want a director. Just shoot it. Just everyone covered. I trust everyone will get all the shots they need. I want one wide. I want some tights. I basically, I say that. Knowing, not knowing at the time that there is another person that was there that had already done all of that. Oh, but like I'm going in, they make me feel like it's my show. Uh-huh. They don't correct me. They don't stop down for anything. And we shoot for 45 minutes, me, Tom, and Bill, and we post it, and people love it. Did you shoot it live? Uh, what do you mean? Like 40? Did you stop and redo shots, or no, when you say shot, so? Shot, shot it as if it were live. Yeah, shot it live, and uh, edited it very minimally, and posted it like. I want to say the first one we did was like 23 minutes, maybe 35 minutes. People love it. And they're like, we want to do more. Bill's like, let's do more. I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then we just started making them. And it was, and and then some have been huge, like millions of views. Some get like, like the lowest one I think we have is probably like quarter of a million views, which is my wife on that one. It's still a lot of views. It's still a lot of views, but it's fun to do. It's no, it's all, it's me hanging out with, comics usually comics i think is the easiest hang for me because there's such a shorthand that we have about everything like i know that i can say anything to them i know i'm not going to offend them i know that if i take a chance and say something offensive they've got my back no one's going to be like whoa (laughs) and uh and it's it's been fun as fuck and so i don't make any money off of it i put it out as free content i want people to enjoy it you know i love discovering things online i love it and so if I can make one more thing, like Hot Ones is one of my favorite shows ever. I get excited when a new Hot Ones comes on. And if I can make a content like that for a quarter of a million people that every week get excited to watch my stupid cooking show with two, with two other guests that, that maybe they've heard of, maybe they haven't, maybe they're excited about, maybe they hate, 
dude, I fucking love it. And and I believe that's where content goes. Like we're doing this big world tour in 2019. And all I can think is I need a shooter with me. I need a mm-hmm. shooter and an editor. I want to be on the plane in the morning going over material, going over content that we've shot and editing it together and posting it that day. I want to be doing that. And I don't want to do network like we're going to eat the world's biggest burger. I want to go to New Mexico <laughs> and meet the guy that does flash floods that I think is fucking amazing. This guy, I think his name's Tom Rankin. He does fl- he covers flash floods and they're fucking it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. I want to go on a flash flood with him. I want to go spear fishing with Valentine Thomas and I want to I want to I want to do the fun stuff. I want pa- my passion to drive me of the silly shit that I find interesting and I think people will find that interesting as well. Mm-hmm. It's like it's everyone's own bizarre world. Like Andrew Zimmern really found a niche with like these weird things. Right. But everyone needs their own bizarre world of like like I just find this fucking this shit's interesting. So we'll see. Hopefully I'll have more content to put out in 2019. And you know, and I got other things like I got professional uh like legit projects in lined up that pay money. But for me right now, the thing that sends people to my live shows, which is paying my mortgage pays everything mm-hmm. is, uh, is doing this podcast, doing your podcast, doing, doing Tom's podcast, doing Push's podcast, doing, uh, H3's podcast, do like putting out something's burning, putting out open tabs, putting out my podcast. I think that putting out Instagram videos, that's what's driving people to my live shows. And, you know, when Bill and Joe sat me down in the back of the store one, the one night and they were like, dude, your show sucks. Just just do stand-up. That's what you're good at. I was like, that's what I'm good at. That's the best thing. I'm I'm better at that than anything. So what the fuck am I sitting there mm-hmm. being a host, sprinkling in hair so it looks like I have a full head of hair so I look <laughs> young, you know? That's such a good intervention they did. Dude, I, I remember it a lot more severe than either of them remember it. Mm. Like, I think they were just like very casually. Right. I think it started with the fact that I sprinkled in hair for... Uh, <laughs> For birth to conquer, and I was saying that there's nothing wrong with that, and they both looked at me like, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah, like, what do you mean you sprinkle in hair? I was like, and by the way, I think both of them had done it at times, mm-hmm. but it's just a, at a place in their career. They're like, "Don't be that guy." Right? We were that guy. Don't be that guy. You're not Ben Affleck. You're not fucking Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. You're Bert. You're a flawed individual who's overweight, who drinks too much. And and is a is a mediocre dad. Talk about that. Be that guy. That's who we love. Don't be. You're not going to be like Mr. And, Host. Yeah, Mr. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Bert Kreischer. We're here with the fearsome foursome challenge. Yeah. Like, don't be that guy. The second I kind of departed from that guy and I just became more myself, f- as flawed as I can be. By the way, the more flawed, the better. I think because I mm-hmm. think people connect with it. I think people just see that as like, you know, as as like. I think, I think vulnerability, I think vulnerability is a, a a bigger selling tool in this business these days than 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 uh, bulletproof. Totally. Like you put yourself out as bulletproof, they're going to tear you down. Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, look at what like I saw what happened with Kevin Hart when he went after Cat Williams, and everyone was like, "Nah, man." Mm-hmm. Like, I, I won't say I don't know. I can't say the hood. I can't say that the culture. I can't say that. But all I can say is that, like, what I saw, what I came back as and heard was that, like, Cat's one of us. He's flawed. We're not all going to be moguls. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not perfect. Right. So, no, I don't Just share your, what is it? Share your warts and all? Mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. I totally agree. 
Um, let's take some questions that listeners sent in on Patreon. I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go. There's all sorts of different reward levels. You can get your questions in ahead of everyone else. Um, there's behind the scenes content, bonus episodes, live stream, etc. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So Okay, Ryan Hunt says, what's the best thing about being a dad? Um, <laughs> in all honesty, it's those moments where you realize you're the dad. Like, this sounds so silly, but like, in the moments when like the girls are like, like the other day the girls were in the front yard, they wanted to do their homework in the front yard, and it was right when the wind was coming in and it was changing changing like uh temperatures mm-hmm. later at night and i'm sober i'm not drinking and i'm out on one of our adirondacks in the front yard and the girls are running around they're like dad and i just realized like oh, i'm their dad like i'm i'm a dad like those moments where you like last night we went to italian food and it was me my wife my mom and the girls and they sat us at a table for four but with a booth and so i crammed in with my daughters <laughs> and just the bullshit breaking balls of being a dad like just being in it this morning we dropped off isla she was in a nasty mood and i said hey i need kisses and she was like "Mm," and leaned forward from the back of the truck i grab her by the side of the one side of the face and then pull her in give her one kiss on the cheek and she starts pulling away i always give my girls four kisses she knows this and she starts pulling away and then she hits her head on the on the tv in the back of the truck she goes you made me hit my head and i go hey I go, hey, it's not that bad. It's not that bad, baby. Like, I'm her dad in this moment. This is one of my, like, I love this. I go, it's not that bad. You got a good life, okay? She's like, I know, but you made me hit my head. I go, it doesn't need to be like this. It can be fun today. Have a great day. She's like, huh. (laughs) And she puts on her backpack over one shoulder, and I grab the other shoulder. And she tries to get out of the car, and I pull her back in the car. I go, hey. She goes, let go of me. And I go, I'm not letting go of you. And she starts giggling. And then she gets out of the car, right? And she's got to walk down the sidewalk. And Georgia and I, Georgia's on the front seat, and we roll the window down. And we start, and we're driving with her, and we go, we love you, Isla. And she's like, dad, stop. More like, we love you. And then her friend goes, who are they? She goes, it's my dad and my sister. Dad, stop. <laughs> And then we make How her. How old is she? She's t- uh, twelve. And oh. then she starts giggling hard as shit <laughs> and goes into school. So right. So then I'm driving Georgia. To, I'm driving Georgia to the bus stop, and Georgia has a crush on this boy, and tells me the story of them talking. And you can tell she has a crush. You can tell he probably has a crush. You can tell that this moment that they shared made her feel cool, and uh, and it's it's awesome for me. I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And then we pull up to get her drop her off the bus. And she goes, oh, that's my bus right there. And I was like, okay. It's like, so I pull up. I go, I want to make sure you get in the bus. She goes, dad, I'm fine. It's not leaving. It sees me. I go, I want to make sure you get in the bus. She goes, dad, I'm fine. So I'm on Ventura, right? <laughs> I'm in Ventura. And she runs. And I see her through the rear mirror getting the bus. I wait. No traffic. I flip a bitch on Ventura. And then I lay on the horn. Oh, gosh. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Oh my god, how mortifying! So then she texts. She this is the best. She texts. Uh, good God, that was something else. And then I wrote, "Did you hear me honk?" And she wrote, "Wrote everyone did." 
Those moments for me are my favorite about being a dad. That's hilarious. I like being a dad better than I like being a husband, I think. Really? <laughs> I think <laughs> I was always meant to be a husband. Like I was not a good single guy. Mm-hmm. I was not. I was way too vulnerable, way too messy. I was just like I was emotions on my sleeve at the bar at the end of the night, like almost like and I'm not like in a I not this sounds weird to say in the whole me too moment, but I'm I'm not a sex guy. Like my my currency's never been trying to get sex. Right. It's always been b- drugs and alcohol. Like I've always been wanting to be a part of the party. Mm-hmm. I don't want the party to end. I'm not the guy that's like trying to single off a girl and be like, right. guys, everyone needs to get out of the fucking house. That's not me. I'm like, no, everyone stay. Don't worry. We'll see each other tomorrow night. Like, yeah. And so, but I was always this vulnerable guy at the end of the night going like, fuck, I mean, I guess this means I'm gay. <laughs> and so, and so I'm being a husband's great, but being a dad fucking rocks. Yeah. My husband will say things like, like he's constantly saying that like he's never loved anyone as much as Elliot. No offense. He's never like I didn't even know it was possible to love someone. No offense. I'm like, hey, yeah. thank you. But I, I the funny thing is like I know what he means and I love that he feels that way. I my my family has a weird sense of humor, so I say stuff like, I will never love my second family as much as I love you guys. <laughs> like realize I won't treat you guys as nicely when they show up. Right. But I will always love you guys more. Kara <laughs> West says, can you give us another secret that you didn't tell on Secret Time? Also, I love your stuff. I'm a big fan of Leanne and I am very much looking forward to your next Australian tour because I missed you in 2017. Australian tour should be happening in June. Thank you very much for asking. Um I have so many secrets, like, I, but I don't even like. I don't even share them. I don't even know that they're secrets. There are things about my personality that I like to share now that I go, oh yeah, I guess that does kind of explain a little bit about me. Like, I only wore loincloths and moccasins until I was ten. <laughs> like, if I when I came home, loincloth and moccasins all the time. How what what? How does one fasten a loincloth? I have my mom make them. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, my mom would make me loincloths. That's amazing. And, uh, and moccasins, and I, I fancied myself wild boy. That's mm-hmm. why I saw myself as wild boy. I wanted to have, um, there was a cartoon, I think it was like on Saturday mornings with Dinah Girl, Wonder Woman, and, or Wonder Girl and Dinah Woman. And one of the, one of the ones like that was, um, wild boy and Bigfoot. Mm. They were like a team. Okay. And I wanted to be like wild boy. I was yeah, I'm picturing like Mowgli from yeah, Jungle yeah. Book. Uh, a little bit like that, but with blonde hair. Kind of looked gotcha. like Chris Atkins. Okay. And so I really like the Blue Lagoon was like something oh, yeah. that just defined me. I was like, I need to be on an island by myself. <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I would really wanted to get lost in wildness. And so, loincloths and moccasins. I collected uh, precious gems and figurine horses. Like these are like I was oh obsessed God, with figurine horses and precious gems. You could get me to do anything. Black stallion was that one that you were into. Black Stallion was my my tidal wave of everything I wanted in life, yeah. right? Boy on an island with a horse, with a figurine ho- horse, right? Uh-huh. In a loincloth. Like, that was me. That yeah. was everything I wanted in life. <laughs> everything I wanted in life was out of that movie, Black Stallion. <laughs> I've watched that since. It's such a great fucking movie. I need to see it again because I, I had the book and I was super into it when I was a kid. But oh, my God. I don't uh, remember it. I've, I've seen it again since. I've seen The Black Stallion Returns. There's such a great fucking movie. It really is. Krista Lauren says, I heard him on Kevin and Bean, and he told a great story about his father-in-law and his owl. I spit coffee all over myself in my car when I heard it. Did that story really happen? Plus, loved watching 
him with no shirt for an hour during his Netflix special. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, that's, it was my father. It wasn't my father-in-law. My father-in-law does not do marijuana. Ah. My dad uh, just recently started eating marijuana. My mom flies it home to him. We fly it home when we go home because now you can travel with an ounce. So my mom's buying an ounce of marijuana every time she's here <laughs> and flying it home to my dad. And And the story is, it's a true story. And I'll, I'll see if I have a... I don't know if I have any videos anymore, but um, you can tell you can tell when he's you can tell he's eating marijuana because he starts saying "dude" a lot. <laughs> he's just he's like "dude, dude, dude, dude." I got and my mom. I'm there with the girls. And my mom's like, "Albert, why don't you take the girls and Bert out to the dock and go talk to your owl?" My dad's like, "Dude, you have no idea this owl. Like, I talk to it, it talks back." And I'm like, "Dad." Like, I go, how much marijuana is he eating? Like, is there, <laughs> and my mom's like, no, seriously, go out there. So we go out with my dad, and my dad's in his scuffies and, you know, uh, workout pants and like a oversized Villanova shirt with his glass of white wine, my red wine. My daughters are next to him. And he just goes, whoo. <laughs> and nothing happens. Like, I'm sitting there looking at him like, when did you turn into Harry Potter? Right. Whoo. <laughs> just sitting on the end of the dock and my daughters are like maybe we should help papa and i'm like don't fucking encourage him <laughs> so then there my daughters and my dad are just on the dock and all of them th- the three of them are just hooting hoo, hoo. <laughs> like like the joke i say is they're like three crips letting them know the cops enter the neighborhood and so <laughs> finally after like a minute and a half i go dad i don't think it's happening so we start walking back into the house and uh and as soon as our feet touch the grass off the dock we hear whoo and I'm like, shut the fuck up. My wow. dad's like, told you, dude. So we walk out to the edge of the dock, and my daughters are so excited. And he's like, guys, I'll talk. Uh, just, whoo. And sure enough, <laughs> right on the heels, you hear, whoo, whoo. Oh, my God. That's it's crazy. It's fucking amazing. And my, my daughters are like, dad. And I go, no, no, it's my turn. I want to talk to the owl. I'm like, whoo. And you're, whoo. And my oldest daughter's like, dad. And I'm like, shut up. I'm talking to a fucking owl right now. <laughs> and my dad's like, isn't this amazing, dude? And I'm like, yeah. And then my daughter hits me again. And she's like, dad, look at the old guy across the dock, across the lake on his dock. And there's another old guy just going, whoo. And my dad's talking to another old man. There's no oh, fucking says, owl. Oh. There's no fucking <laughs> owl. It's one guy's drunk, one guy's high, and they're just talking to each other on the. <laughs> and I was, and she's like, "Should we tell him?" I go, "Don't tell him. Let's go inside." So my, I tell that on Conan. <laughs> I tell that story on Conan, and my dad calls me. He goes, "I know there's other fucking old men out there trying to talk to the owl, but there's really an owl. Look, I know there's old men out there." But sure enough, he's just drunk talking to fucking. That is owls. amazing. Yeah, that ended differently than I expected. Yeah. Jones McCain, has your dog done any other chores since unloading the dishwasher? Oh my god! He didn't unload the dishwasher. He was putting she she was putting the the silverware away. I was really high, mm-hmm. and I by the way I haven't talked about this since I said this that one time. She was uh, is this I, Pris- I came your in, big dog Priscilla, Priscilla bull mastiff, one hundred and forty pounds. I come in really high one night. Whole family's asleep. And I look, and out of my peripheral vision, I see Priscilla is like elbow on the counter, hand in the, paw in the silverware drawer, putting away the silverware. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) And she's looking at me like, are you going to help? And I was like, oh, yeah. So I start walking into the kitchen to help her put away. Right. And then I realize she's not putting away fucking silverware. She's eating a coffee cake on the counter. (laughs) She's like got her, and she's like trying to reach it using the the drawer as stability. And I start laughing hysterically. I'm like, "Fuck it, let's eat a coffee cake." And so I mirror her image, and I swear to God, the dog looks at me like, 
like the look on her eyes when I leaned in to take a bite of the coffee cake with her were must be the eyes that a a fifty year old man gives to his wife when she's like, It's your birthday, let's have a threesome. And he's like, Oh <laughs> Right. And then my wife walked in, and she's like, What the fuck is going on? And Priscilla's like, It's his idea. I was like, She was putting away the silverware. Yeah. I haven't I gotta figure that story out. A lot of stories I'll start and then I just put a pin in and I go, eh, when I need it, I'll find yeah. it. Yeah. No, I thought that one worked. Lisa Murphy Tate. Is Bert ever tired? Seriously, he seems to always be in a range from eight to nine. Who can keep up with that kind of go? Lately, I am. Lately, I'm taking naps like crazy. During Sober October, I'm taking a day nap. I'm taking like a 45-minute nap every day at like like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Like right when we pick up Isla, I come back and I take a nap and then I wake up. I think it's because I'm working out so much. Are you – where do you nap? My bed. Do you get in under the covers? Yes, I get in. That is a new development in my life. I used to be a strictly, if I'm in a nap, it's going to be on the couch. Or then I graduated to like, I will nap on my bed, but only with a blanket, another blanket. I won't get under the covers. But now when I like make the bed in the morning, I'm like, I will see you just in a few hours. Oh, I, I get way back. I get all the way back in. I love oh, it. Oh, there's nothing better than getting into a made bed to take a nap. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> loving naps lately. I heard this this guy, Ben Greenfeld, was on uh, a podcast and I was, and he was t- talking about the power of naps and he has a nap time where he puts on these, these goggles and these headsets and like a compression blanket and wow. he's... And I so now I'm like all about naps. I go into the bedroom, I shut the door. We have blacked out. My wife had murdered out curtains made, so it's like a cave in there. Mm. And I nap hard as shit. Oh, I love it. I'm I'm excited for my nap today. <laughs> I know naps are the best. Super fan Giovanni on the Burt cast with Graham Elwood. You were praising earbuds and asked Graham about Mike Schmidt. He changed topics before you could ask your question or finish your thought. I'm dying to know what you were going to say. Your Netflix special is flawless, a perfect effort. Oh, thank you. I don't know what I was going to ask him. I wish I knew. I figured that as I was asking it, I'm like, oh, I, I wonder yeah. if you're going to remember. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. But I, the, what happens in a lot of the podcasts is like, I'll get something that I'll, I'll get like a, a, a hair, a tail. What, what is it? A hair up my ass? Like I'll get yeah, like one wild thing, hair. wild hair that I go, that I'm obsessed with. And then someone will go like, "Hey, when you interview that guy, I go, I have no, you mean I like I talked. It's interesting, but I talked to probably three people uh, a week for at least two hours, and so I have so much conversation that I forget a Same. lot of the conversation, and and so I don't remember. I'm sorry. And lastly, and then we're doing just me or everyone. Becky Milner says, "Will you and Leanne have more children?" Nope. Did you end up getting the vasectomy? No, you didn't. No, I but I bailed on the vasectomy. How come? Um, because I, I felt like, I felt like it was. I felt like at the moment it was the ultimate castration of me. Like I was like, I can't lose my job, have my house renovated, right? Um, get on my tour canceled, have my special not premiere strong, and get my nutsack trimmed. Like I gotta, I you gotta give me one thing, and so yeah. I kept it. So funny, our. Our our best friends, I guess now, uh, are uh, a couple that we hang out with all the time. It's, she went to Vietnam with her. Uh, her friend Sandy is like probably there. We have four best friends that we all hang out with that are not comics. It's just like mm-hmm. family friends that all our kids are the same age. The guy just sent a text and said, "Is anyone interested in a vasectomy?" And Leanne wrote back, "Bert definitely is." <laughs> and then yesterday, 
Leanne and Sandy were doing a walkthrough of Leanne, Sandy's old house. They rented out. They were doing a walkthrough and they came back. And Leanne was like, I go, is Tom really getting a vasectomy? And they're like, yeah, they don't want to get pregnant. And I said, maybe we should all get pregnant at the same time, me, you, and Sandy, and all have brand new babies. Just one last run. One last <laughs> run. I got to be honest with you. I saw it in her eyes a little bit like, I don't know. Like, and I was, so maybe. part of me was like, I would fucking love that. But I didn't do anything for the babies. I did nothing. I just worked. And I would still work, and so would Tom. Mm-hmm. And right now, the my wife has the best life she could ever have. She has her podcast. She has, she's traveling when she wants. She's got the girls. She's got her Girl Scout troop. She's really happy. She wants. She wants to buy a new house and renovate it. So, like, part of me is like, I don't want to fuck that up. Like, I want her to have her life too. Yeah. But I also want a baby, a second family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no time limit on you as long as you don't get snipped. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's do just me or everyone. This is where people write in with things they think or do and they wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Joe says... Every once in a while, you get a cashew that looks like a brain. I don't think I've ever thought that when looking at a cashew, but now I will. So funny, I can't eat cashews. They bother me. How so? Um, they feel too buttery. Mm. Like They don't feel healthy. I just The taste of them and the texture of them, they're too soft. I just, they, I, they're too soft. They're too buttery. It doesn't, I can't eat cashews. And, and so when I get nuts, if I see cashews in it, I'm just like, ugh. Interesting. Yeah, and, and cashews were the first nut I really liked ever. Like, I remember getting cashews going, whoa, what is this nut? Right. Now and I then, look at cashews and I'm like, uh-uh. Where, what other, do you, do you enjoy nuts? I do. And which ones? Uh, m- mostly, uh, I, by the way, I don't, I don't mean to be racist. I don't know the name of it. And it's not Brazil the nut. Nuts? No, no, it's not that nut. Now it's made, now I'm the one who says yeah. <laughs> No, uh, they're called, I think they're called Redskins. They're nuts they, with they're nuts that have been deshelled but still have the skin on them. Are they peanuts? They're peanuts. Yeah. But someone sent me, I think they're called red skin peanuts. Right, I've seen those. And they're they've got the they've got the, the right, skin little, on them, yeah. but they don't have the nut shell on them. Right. And so I someone sent me those and they were so fucking amazing. Hmm. I was like, red I think they're called red skin peanuts. It's almost like a little onion skin on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I love those. I love those nuts. I love uh I obviously uh, pistachios. I love walnuts a lot. I love walnuts. I don't, I'm not a big almond fan. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a raw almond fan. I was a big guy at the beginning of the almond craze of like wasabi almonds. Oh, yeah. But then I kind of lost my flavor for those. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. My uh, Daniel, my husband, who you met earlier, he feels that cashews are overrated. And I felt like I hardly know you at all because I feel like cashews are at the top of the nut hierarchy. Oh, no, no, no. He's oh. Pistachios are at the top for him. And everyone likes a macadamia nut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Macadamia a- nuts are the yeah. top of the fucking nut right. category. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Macadamia nuts don't even feel like they're real. They feel like they're brought to us by aliens. That's right. An offering. A nut nectar. Okay. Uh, Andrew Ant says... Feel like the best thing about football season is the stores are empty and there is less traffic. I don't know that I've even noticed that. I definitely haven't noticed that. In LA, that never ha- there's just never no traffic. Traffic last night and I was so bad by the Hollywood Bowl that we ended up Yeah, who was playing there? Do you know? Was it uh, like Arctic Monkeys? Oh. Um we ended up 
staying at my sister's house for an extra hour until like 10 o'clock at night to make it home. And we were like, we're not going to sit in traffic. Yeah. Um, I don't notice that. I love when people say stuff. And then, you know, I heard one time I heard on a podcast a guy going, you just happen to notice the thing you want to notice at that time. Like someone said, uh, I, I don't know who, I don't know what this podcast is on. He said, every time I get in this shower, the phone rings. You ever notice mm, that? Yes. And the guy goes, no, no, no. What it is is, Every time you get in the shower and the phone rings, you notice, you notice that. It. Yeah. You notice that. Like for me, every time I look at the treadmill, it's double numbers. And when it's double numbers, it's good luck. And I and 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 the guy was like, "No, it's just that you happen to notice when it's double numbers, and when you notice it, you go, "Oh, that right. always happens." Right. Yes, there is always that question with perception. Like when you all of a sudden it seems like there's a trend. Oh, everyone's wearing this. Well, yeah. are they all of a sudden Dude, wearing a it or where, just you're suddenly aware of it? We said when we were doing the last second to last season of Trip Flip, everyone, someone was like, do you ever notice how many people are wearing red pants these days? And all we saw were dudes yeah. in red pants. And we're like, probably no different than any other time. It's right. just we noticed it. I have the weirdest perception thing happen Often when I travel, I'll be in another city and I'll see someone who looks like someone from my past that I haven't thought of in a long time. Like, oh, that's so weird. That looks like that guy from college. I haven't thought of him since college. Yeah. And then I'll repeatedly see people that look like him. And so the question is like, do a lot of people look like this guy in Northern California? Or is it just that like he's on my mind now and I'm like seeing him in places? It's And, and that... That weirdly happens to me like almost always when I travel. It's not, it's always like a different person from my past, but then I start s- being reminded of them in a lot of places. It's so funny. I used to think I looked like people. I would see people mm-hmm. and go, that guy looks like me. Like I see that all the time. There was this guy, Pete, in, in high school. It was the first time it happened. I was like, Does anyone notice like I look a lot like Pete? And they're like, You don't look anything like Pete. <laughs> I go, No, I like sometimes I'll see the mirror and I'll think it's Pete. And they're like, Huh? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't notice about that about football though. Dave, I'm gonna, now I'm going to pay attention. Yeah, Dave Cross, no, oh. not that one. <laughs> says, "How old do you think I am?" Should be universally banned as a response to the question. Uh, oh, yeah, I, 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 I can agree with that, and I can agree with um, you're not allowed to say you don't even know my name, do you? That, that <laughs> should be a, that should be banned. No one should ever say that ever, ever, ever. You don't even, you don't remember me, do you? Right. What's my name? What's my name? Oh my god, your name is Dickhead. Don't ever fucking say <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, don't quiz that, that way. That you don't even remember me, do you? What what happened in your life that that's how you interact with people? Right. You yeah. don't even remember me. Do that's you? confrontational. Yeah. As soon as someone says that, I want to go. No, I don't. And I never want to know you. I never want to know you. Dude, it's always. By the way. I'm I'm going through this thing. I'm trying to write a joke about women. So I oh I'm doing this broad stroke thing. I think I'll t- I'll tell you the base of the joke. The base of the joke is what's happening. I feel when with when I'm talking to my daughters and my wives, my daughter and my my daughters and my wife, <laughs> and and like and like all the my female friends that are comics. I'm not talking about anything. I'm talking about my personal experiences. Is that there's a lot of broad stroking going on with feminism about all men about yes like. It's just like here's a problem with guys, and which no one would ever, no one would ever assume to do that with women. Mm-hmm. No one ever go here's a problem with women. So I started saying here's a problem with women. I don't know where this story was going. Now that you say this, uh, you don't remember me. Do you? T- oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would say that the people that say you don't remember my name is always a pretty chick that has never had a moment where someone doesn't remember right. her. 
I always feel like it, that is who it is. Is it's a beautiful like I remember these it's it's happened to me a lot because I've known a lot of beautiful women who then come to my shows and I don't remember them. I don't remember them because they're not my they're not my beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Like that's not you know, so I don't give a fuck about you. Right. And these girls in Tampa one time were trying to get into my show. Show was sold out. And I was walking by and they're like, Bert, Bert, get us in. And I was like, I, I'm, I can't, I have no control over that. And they're like, wait, you know us. And I was like, I, okay. And the girl goes, you don't remember me, do you? And I was like, <laughs> she's like, what's my, and I go, no, I remember you. And she goes, then what's my name? I was like, wait, why would you How do did this? this turn into you having to prove that you know them? Yeah. And I was like, oh, you just have, you're coming from a place of privilege. Totally. A place of like, of like. It's really interesting. I said this on stage one time and I got it lost the crowd. But what's really interesting is all the women that I knew when I met my wife that were beautiful and young. I've watched them grow older and they lose their magic power of being young and hot and desirable. Now they're just regular people. Regular people who are based on their worth. And to watch that superhuman power disappear a tad bit, my wife included. Like like it just it just just part of growing. Now, the beautiful thing about my wife is that she's like, I'm not chasing youth. I'm not going to get plastic surgery. I'm not going to get my boobs done. I'm going to grow up. I'm going to be an adult, and this is how life works. Some of her friends are not going into it that gracefully, mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm fucking getting new tits. I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting a tummy tuck. I'm getting liposuction, like top to bottom. But that reeks of it. Like when you see, like a when you see, like. When you see a car that someone buy didn't, didn't buy an expensive car, but then they go to AutoZone and they get all the <laughs> all the add-ons, right. and you're like, "Whoa, dice on the mirror, nice!" <laughs> oh, you put your own pinstripe. Are those bullet holes inside of the door? <laughs> and so it's been it's been fascinating. So I always think that the women that go. By the way, I, and I did one of these last night in the car with my daughters. I said, "Women always gridlock," and my daughters are like, "You can't say that." I said, "Yes, I can," because they were saying something about men. I go, "Yes, I can." Women always gridlock. Because they have no fear of confrontation. And, <laughs> and I gridlocked immediately after that. My daughters are losing their mind. Women always gridlock, Dad. Women always – Georgia's got her phone out on Insta stories. I'm like, take that off Insta stories. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting that you lost the crowd with that joke. Yeah, but it's because – Or they turned you know, on you. Well, no. What, what it's, what it, it's one of those jokes where you are now blaming the audience because they're like, there are a lot of guys and they're going, you might be talking about my wife. There's right. a lot of women going, you're talking about me. And so it's like one of those jokes where you're like, yeah. eh, maybe it's not worth it. Adri214 says, I get absolutely grossed out when I accidentally brush up against the shower curtain while showering. It feels yes. so icky. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, I got empatego from it when I was a kid. Is that where your skin like depigments or? No, no. It's like, it's oh, no, like, I'm thinking it's like of something else. sore. Ew. I got one on my ass cheek and empatego was on our curtain and we had to get rid of the curtain. And I and but I, that is fucking just yeah. when you're especially if there's in a some, hotel or something. Have you ever gotten in the shower? I'm I'm trying to remember where this happens, but you get into the shower and the curtain leans in. Yes, into you it and hugs you're like, you. Like easy, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Sometimes even if it has those tiny little magnets, that's why shower doors are just easier to keep clean than gross shower oh, curtains. Yeah. Shower curtain for me, rubbing up against a shower curtain has like the quality of nails on a chalkboard. There's something like squeaky and icky about it. Oh. Uh, so when I first moved, when I first moved to New York, I came back to Atlanta to party with my buddy Miles. Miles had a glass shower door; everything was glass, and uh, he had a squeegee in there. <laughs> and he said, "When you're done showering, squeegee the shower." And I started laughing. I go, "You're being serious." Yeah. He goes, "I'm being dead serious." I said, "Bro, what is wrong with you?" And he was like, "It it keeps the water spots off." And I go, "Or you could just have a shower." 
I'm like, I'm not squeegeeing your fuck. <laughs> I thought it was the most ridiculous thing forever. And then we, j- I'm not Do even you have joking. One now? We have one, and my wife has a squeegee. She's like, when you get done, squeegee the shower. <laughs> and I, 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 every time I say that squeegee, I think of Miles going, yeah, squeegee the fucking shower. <laughs> I've never squeegeed it. It's so funny how someone can make one offhand comment, and for the rest of your life, that'll be like the thing that you think of when you're in that moment. Oh yeah, I have two of those. Um, do you remember that? Oh, what was the movie? It wasn't Flatliners. Well, now I can't remember what movie it was, but it was a movie that came out when I was in high school. And someone called someone a thumb dick and it just like struck my friends and me as super funny, like the timing of it. And then afterwards we were talking about how there should be something you say when someone coughs. You know, when someone, when you sneeze, say, cause I'm tired or bless yeah. you. There's nothing when someone coughs, but it feels like you should say something. And so my friend, because we had just seen this movie, suggested thumb dick. This was, I mean, like t- over 20 years ago. Every time someone coughs now, my brain goes thumb dick. That's so funny. And then also, I didn't even, on Newhart, I didn't even see this. My dad told me about it. There's something where Suzanne had written, is that her, Newhart's wife? Was her name Suzanne on the show? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she had had written like a grocery list and he's looking at it and he's like, Ips, what are Ips? She's like, that says eggs. And so now, like when if I ever see eggs written down in my brain, I think Ips. That's so funny. I wish you could do that with like, with like, uh, like c- comics do that for me. Like I, I will hear a joke. Like anytime I hear, I see someone in a Hawaiian shirt. By the way, this is going to sound politically incorrect. I apologize. Trigger warning. I'm just <laughs> telling you this story happened in 1997. So every time I see someone in a Hawaiian shirt, I think of a David Tell joke he had in 1997. I was in a Hawaiian shirt, and he goes, "Hey, Hawaiian shirt. Only two types of guys wear Hawaiian shirts: party animals or faggots." <laughs> I remember laughing so hard, and I was like, I'm a party animal. So every time I see someone in a Hawaiian shirt, I go, hey, party animal. <laughs> like, just little things yeah. will be. That's the cool thing about getting married is, like, you guys share, uh, share like, inside jokes that are all yours. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it, but David tells, like, the one for me and my wife. Like that's definitely, we've, yeah. Everyone get it. That's gonna get it. Let's move along. Have you had him on your show? Yeah, he's I great. Love David Tell. He's my favorite comic. And lastly, Jmos for A Rose says, "Watch myself get paper cuts in slow mo, but can't do anything to stop them mid cut." I don't have this. I have the thing where all of a sudden I'm like, "Fuck!" And I just like I didn't even realize I was getting a paper cut, and I just got one. I have. I have. I get paper cuts. Not paper cuts. I have the thing where if I cut my finger. That's slow mo. Like I've cut, I cut the tip of this finger With off one time. Yeah, cutting onions, getting ready to go camping. Oh. We're getting ready to go camping, and it's out at the beach. It's in salt water, and I'm cutting Love. onions to make burgers for everyone. And I cut the tip of my finger off, and immediately I was like, I want to go back in time. It was happened so slowly that I yeah. went, that I went stop. I went, I was like, stop right here. Go back two <laughs> seconds. Make that not have happened. Did you have to get stitches? No. Oh no! You know what I did is um, I I put it back on. I don't know if you can. Do you have a scar? So bad. My vision's so bad these days. I'm going to the eye doctor today. Let me see if I can show it to you. Taking Um, a photo. I can't even see it. I can imagine. I I cut the tip off my finger and I just put it back on. Was it hanging or like it was? By the way, my wife. It was. It was hanging. It was. It was cut and it was there was a little piece of skin holding it together and you could see 
legit flesh. Like yeah. it was cut. Yeah. It was cut the tip of my finger off. By the way, it's creeping me out just touching it right now. Yeah. I haven't thought about this in forever. What's even more funny is that my wife then made a David Tell joke to me <laughs> as I was losing my shit. I'm losing my shit. I know we're going camping. This is my wife's birthday is the next day. We're all going out to Catalina to go camping. I cut the tip of my finger off and I start losing it and my wife's like, you need to calm down. And she grabbed a bottle of whiskey and said, time for a little frontier medicine. <laughs> it's a David Tell joke. Uh-huh. Uh, give me a, give me a Mr. Coffee, a shoelace and a can of, and I'll make some, make some chili, some hobo chili. Time for some frontier medicine. And my, and I took a sip of whiskey and she goes, now relax, put it back on, put tape over it. And it never happened. So I put That's tape on wife. it and I taped my finger up really good. And she's like, you're going to be fine. And I, I was fine. And now it's, it's back on. There you go. That's why I love her. Bert Kreischer, it was delightful having you on my show. I had a blast. Thank I, you I had so a blast. much. When am I going to get you on mine? Uh, anytime you want. Actually, okay. I, I didn't know whether I was going to bring it up on, on air or not, but I'm going to bring it up because um, I think both of our listeners sort of know that this happened. I came and I did your show. Yeah. And we started talking about the Corollas. And I was just like off my game that I've day. I've never talked about this. You mentioned on you mentioned that you had an episode that didn't air. I had well, it's the only episode I've ever. I know. Aired. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so, but, I, but my and I actually you know what's so funny is I talked about this. I talked about this uh, Monday night doing something's burning to Greg Fitzsimmons. Oh really? Yeah. He said we said because Greg and I are starting a podcast together. Oh for real? Yeah. Called Childish. It's about parenting. Yeah. And so he said something about podcasting. I said I don't ever want anyone to look bad on my podcast. So I like I don't if they want something taken out I take it out. Um, but like, and then Greg said, I did, Greg said, I did one, he did one with the Duck Dynasty, not Duck Dynasty, the Deadliest Catch guys mm-hmm. where they were drunk and he said, and I didn't air half of it. It would have ruined, it would have sank their boat. <laughs> and I said, I've only done one podcast like that. And by the way, this is the only time I really remember talking about it. I did one podcast and I didn't say, I said, I talked to the person and the person was very open and honest and raw about a situation going on in their lives. And then halfway through it was so funny because you just stopped and you go, I don't want anyone to know that. What, so what I remember, I was like off my game. That I, and thankfully, I don't feel off my game often. But yeah. like I just was having a weird day. And it was it was only a few months after the whole all the Corolla was, stuff went it down. It was really soon after. Yeah. And I would say it's even quicker than a few months, maybe. in my opinion. It might have been. Because all might I know have... is that I remember when I said something about it, you really opened up. I did. And I, and I was like, in my head, I was like, all right. I was listening and I thought, two things are going to happen. Number one, I'm going to get a ton of fucking downloads from this. Number two, I will never speak to Adam Kroll again. And I was like, and I was like, and I like Adam. And so I was like, I was like, how, what do I, like, how do I, and I remember going like, this is a very raw moment for her. I don't know if she wants to share any of these. And you were, and then halfway through, you're like. I'm. I, what I remember saying is, but I didn't. You didn't say I wasn't saying it like I wanted to cut the episode. I was I was just very in the moment. I'm like, see, I even feel uncomfortable having said everything I said. Yeah. Because I it was sort of like this thing where I was like hearing myself just like foam at the mouth with all this stuff. And I had been talking about it had been coming up so frequently. And every time it came up, I got like so much unpleasantness online. And I, I was in that moment of like, is this going to define me for the rest of my life? You know? Yeah. And then I'm like, so why am I talking about it more? But like, I couldn't steer out of it. Cause I was, like I said, I was off my game. And so then I just commented, like, I'm even uncomfortable 
with ha- with everything I just or talking about it now, and then you being said, like the I nicest said, guy in the world, you're like, we don't have to air this. Yeah. And normally I would be like, oh, don't be silly, but I was in such a like weird place that I'm like, oh my god, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then you were like, and then we're like, yeah, we can totally change subjects. And we tried to change subjects, but both of us were still in, in the it. moment of yeah. that. And you said you were like, you were like, you know what? Why don't we just do this again at another time? And I was like, that's totally cool. I thought you offered. I think you offered that. I probably, I probably did. Yeah, but I always felt really bad about having wasted your time like that. It's not waste. Dude, I just did an interview with the. I just did an interview with a person that is now the second interview I will never air. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, someone. It's same scenario. Is that like? It's the thing about podcasting that's a little safe. Is that like, you can do say something on a podcast and then you can call someone up and go. Hey man, in hindsight, can you take that out yeah. because it's going to live forever there? And everyone is always like, "Yeah." I mean, you do it on Joe's podcast; it airs live. You better know what you're saying, right? Right. I definitely, have, I definitely have regretted things I've said on Joe's podcast <laughs> more than anything. I'm, I told him how much I drank. I wish I'd never said that at the time. Now I'm glad, but but that podcast, I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "We totally don't have to air this." Because I remember in my head going like. It was just it had all just happened, and you were very honest and open about it, and you weren't being mean or vindictive. You were just being fair, like not like just going like like the same way I just talked about travel channel. Right? It was like I'm not shitting on them, but it did hurt a lot. Yeah. And you're going to sense my hurt in that conversation, and sometimes that hurt. You know, it's the the thing that I I literally have walked away with the most is. The best thing in the world is to not talk about things sometimes. I know. It's just like to, to not never, give it energy, like not you to said. give it energy and just not bring it up. There was a guy that shit on me last night on Twitter uh, about the podcast I just did with Justin Wren. I'm giving, still giving it energy, but he was like, dude, you had Justin Wren on and you just talked about yourself for two hours. But by the way, I do that on my podcast. It's a conversation. Yeah. yeah. I talk about myself. I talk about my experiences with certain different things. Yeah. 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 And then I just fucking blocked him and it was like shit on him. And then I was like, why did you even do that? Like, fuck that guy. Like, that doesn't matter. And now that energy's in your head. And do the best things ever is to not comment. Just mm. not comment, not reply, and save your silence for the time when you get to have thought about what you said. Right. Like, there's been times where uh, people have tweeted things and I've gotten really angry and I didn't say anything. There's a moment where I called someone to fucking let them know how I felt about them and they didn't answer their phone. That's like a reprieve. And I, I look back at that and go, I called them twice. <gasps> I called them twice and they didn't answer and they didn't call back. And then when they did, I went, I'm past this. That's great. And I was like, and then they texted like, hey man, did you want to talk? And I was like, I'm good. Nope. Just checking on you. See how you're doing. It's the best thing is best. By the way, keeping your mouth shut. Someone said the other day, I heard someone say, the problem is we're all talking way too much. No one has ever talked this much recorded in history. Just this many people just talking nonstop and putting it out there. Right. (laughs) I should shut the fuck up. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be doing my podcast live at the Big Adventure Fest November 3rd in Costa Mesa. Go to BigAdventureFest.com to get tickets. Uh, Bert, plug anything that you think people should check out. Check out my special on Netflix, uh, Secret Time, and then find me on tour on my Body Shots World Tour. Uh, we have sold; I've sold out twenty of the venues already. Twenty dates have already sold out, so we've added second shows to those dates, and the other shows are close to selling out. I can't promise tickets. Second shows 
on those dates. So get your tickets. I hope to get to see you on 2019. I hope to have the championship belt around my waist. I hope to have a Tito's in my hand. All things comedy is calling me. What perfect timing. It is oh, perfect. Oh, shit. Do I have something to do? I'm so bad with scheduling these days. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So find me on tour. I love you guys. And if, if, you, if you didn't like me on this podcast, do not tell me. Just- <laughs> yeah. Keep, uh, practice the gift of silence. I have a book out, Tropical Attire, Encourage, and other phrases that scare me. Go to AllisonRosen.com. Tropical um, Attire? Tropical Attire, Encourage, and other phrases that scare me. Tropical Attire? Oh, my God. I love that phrase. <laughs> I love that phrase. Go to AllisonRosen.com. You can find everything there. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, leave a comment, a nice one, etc. cetera. Uh, I love you. Goodbye. Show. We had a good time, but now we gotta go.